Earlier this week, I traveled back to London. I was taking my daily bike ride and I decided to listen to episode 128. It's titled, Live from London, Fans and Collectors Share Stories from the Star Wars Celebration Weekend. I was unable to attend Star Wars Celebration London this year, but had asked some of our friends if they would be interested in reporting live from the event. Being thousands of miles from Celebration, I had no control as to what I would receive, and from whom. But over the decades, Star Wars has taught us about the power of friendship and the power of hope. And over the course of the long weekend in April, collectors filled episode 128 with updates on their experiences in London. They recorded conversations with other fans, cosplayers, and collectors from all over the world. Some talked about heading to celebration. Others recapped the day in the evening before catching a handful of hours of valuable sleep. And many clips covered all the amazing pieces at the show that combined to form an unforgettable trip. They shared their immediate thoughts on panels and room sales. They hung out with friends after hours in moments sponsored by alcohol. They recorded the minutes they were finally in the same room together again. But more importantly, through the magic of podcasting and through the kindness of friendship, they brought us along for the ride. They brought celebration to us. And the result is an episode that I hope will become an audio scrapbook for all of us. A satisfying reminder of a Star Wars-themed weekend. One that captured each experience and what our friends witnessed and felt in those moments. And so, as I set out for a long bike ride this past week, I revisited that episode to hear all about celebration through the lens of those who experienced it firsthand. I found the episode to be such an enjoyable listen And as the closing music rolled, I realized I wanted more. I wanted to know what each person thought about Celebration London. What were the positives and negatives of the convention? What worked and what didn't? What was Celebration like in 2023, once again held outside of the United States? But more importantly, I wanted to hear their thoughts now. With time often comes a fuller perspective, the ability to see a trip in a new light. And through reflection, it would be yet another opportunity to paint a vibrant picture for the rest of us. So I asked our fellow friends and collectors to do just that. This is a look back at Star Wars Celebration London through the words of those who attended. This is a collection of their thoughts to tell the story of a Star Wars convention. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Stars will slip to me 
I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The Force will be with you. Always. Before we get into the larger reflections on Celebration London, let's speak with Georgia collector Narayan Nike as his trip is coming to a close. Hey David, this is Narayan uh, from Celebration Europe in London. It's Monday, the last day of Celebration. Sorry I haven't had a chance to send many other recordings. My voice has been shot for most of Celebration. Um, and it's just been a non-stop frenzy as it usually is. But I've had an incredible Celebration. Um, it's been uh, tons of fun and um, can't wait to go into it in more detail, but I'll give you a quick summary of what I've had a chance to experience so far. Um, you know, uh, Thursday night I had a, a nice uh, private dinner with a lot of the collectors on one of the uh, restaurants on the dock. That was a nice way to get to catch up before all the you know, hubbub started. Uh, setup day, you know, earlier that day was amazing. Uh, and it's just, I can't believe how quickly things go from like complete you know, chaos and disorganization to, you know, the show that ends up opening to the public the next day. But uh, it's great to just see that um, in action. Um, I felt like the props um, and everything were much bigger. I felt like the space was much smaller and the way the convention was laid out is a little different with a big hallway in the middle of two large halls. Um, more on that a little later when I... Uh, get into some of the uh, shortcomings of the celebration. Um, but um, again, it was great to always be there on setup day and uh, see how things come together. Anyway, Friday, uh, big day at celebration, opening day. Um, I wasn't able to make the main panel that day, but I heard about the big drop, which was the Ahsoka trailer um, and you know some announcement of three new movies um, you know, at different areas of the timeline. Um, but for me, the big thing on Friday was the running of the prisoners in the afternoon, and uh, first time, you know, first time that was happening, you know, at celebration, and yeah, so I had my outfit, um, and you know, I think it was the largest kind of cosplay event at celebration. There was at least 200 runners, I think, that were doing that. But one of the cool things was that our co uh, our good friend Ross Cuddy showed up and uh, Ross was started off a celebration on a bad foot with you know some food poisoning so he was not feeling the best he wasn't even sure if he's going to do the run um, but he had a special surprise in store for everybody at the run he actually showed up with um, a huge life-size Death Star part that the prisoners were assembling in Narkina 5 and he showed up and was basically the center of all attention during that run and uh <clears throat> I was not expecting to do this, but he turned to me. He's like, oh. uh, he actually came, uh, Charmaine had brought him in a wheelchair because, you know, he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to even run the, you know, the whole route. And so um, he asked me, uh, would you mind, yeah, would you mind pushing me through the run while I hold this thing? And I said, sure, why not? Um, but it ended up being one of the most incredible and fun experiences of all celebration. Uh, I think we were stopped for pictures almost like a thousand times. Uh, we might have been the most photographed person at Celebration that day. Uh, later on, I think we ended up get, making the, the, star, the official StarWars.com Facebook and Twitter feed, and, and Pablo Hidalgo retweeted our picture and all sorts of other people. But that was an amazing experience. Um, 
uh, to, to you know, be a part of that. And, you know, uh, even inside the Andor panel, they could hear us shouting, one way out, one way out, you know, all. And, you know, pretty much we had the attention of the entire, uh, you know, the group as a whole had a, the attention of the entire celebration at that time. Um, so that was um, that was Friday night, and uh, of course, uh, culminated with room sales that evening, which was incredibly fun. It, as you, room sales usually go, those things get shut down a few times, and this was no exception. Uh, we had to move three hotels to finally get it right, but once we did, we found a great hotel in the Novotel, which had an upstairs private area and also a great bar, and uh, that was basically the central hotel hangout for the rest of celebration for a lot of us, especially our collector folks. Um, so that was a ton of fun. Um, I don't think I picked up anything in particular in room sales. I did pick up some things I had already purchased from a few people. Um, I can go over that in more detail later. Um, but, um, you know, when I have a chance to go into more detail about each thing in celebration. Um, the next day on Saturday, um, for me, um, was um, the, the um, um, Ahsoka panel in the morning and, uh, you know, big time anticipation for everything they showed. And uh, I wasn't on the live celebration stage, but one on the streaming stages, but no less excitement in, in there. And you get to see the actors come out, talk about it, to see, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and, and uh, um, uh, I forget. I was blanking on her name, Natasha Bordizo, you know, come out along with Rosario and Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Um, but I think um, you know when people really lost it was when they introduced the new Thrawn. It'd be Lars Mikkelsen, who's the voice of Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels, and he came out to a standing ovation, and that was amazing. And of course, we were treated to an extended version of the trailer with special scenes that were not seen the previous day. Uh, again, we got a full frontal um, face view of Thrawn, and uh, definitely more shots of Sabine, um, and even I think some little snippets of Ezra and a few other things. Um, but amazing to see that. I wished I'd seen a little more footage, but there was you know a lot of interviews during that session. But um, what we got was amazing, so I'm glad I was able to attend that. And. Uh, it was great. Uh, I was um, Kevin Laniv, a good friend of mine who had visited with me uh, just the week prior to leaving for celebration, and also was at the airport with me. Um, he stood standby in that line, and he just happened to find me and Bill Cable in the audience, and so we all sat together. So that was a great shared experience that we all got to see. Um, Saturday afternoon, we did the running of the Will Row Hoods, which is a lot of fun, as it always is. Um, and uh, again, we were again the center of attention for a lot of celebration, you know, with our chants of ice cream and save the rebellion, and uh, um, you know, always a fun time. Um, and of course, with our ice cream swag set, that was a must. Um, Sunday, um, big thing was the ice cream social at our fan booth. Um, and uh, I think we had, somebody told me, a line of like 300 people trying to get our ice cream patches. And uh, we were you know, helping people to complete patches. So we did get quite a few people who had no idea about this set when they came into Celebration on day one, able to complete the set. And they were, some of them were so happy. They were giving a lot of us hugs. You know, they were just so excited. This is like their moment for Celebration. And I'm so glad, you know, we could be a, a swag set, you know, be a part of that. Um, so um, the rest of Saturday, I think I've, uh, 
you know, there was uh, the Obi-Wan panel, which is amazing to sit with those guys who really couldn't talk about it at last celebration. But Ewan, um, uh, Hayden, uh, Deborah Chow, and Vivian Lyra Blair, and uh, Indira Varma all came out and talked about their experiences. And it was just nice to kind of be able to flesh out what they saw. And they went over, of course, the key scenes that they saw during that um, um, that, the, during that series and uh, um, just amazing to hear them again uh, uh, no big announcements from that panel but Ewan did say at the very end you know I hope people would like to see more um, or the producers or you know whoever is deciding on new series you know would get you know if you'd like to do more in that role as Obi-Wan so no announcement of season two but he's up and ready to do it so we'll see what happens um, after that, uh, a few more collecting track shifts. Of course, some amazing panels uh, always going on in the collecting track. Uh, I got to see uh, the Tunisian pickers um, with Gus Lopez and Chris Julius, kind of a, um, a little broader, um, a little broader um, version of their um, panel that he did at the annual. Um, but that was a lot of fun to watch. Also got to see the Coins and Medallions panel um, and the Beyond Droids and Ewoks panel with Bill Cable and Derek Ho. All of them were really great. Um, and then Saturday finished up. Um, you know, we had a... Uh, um, a um, not Saturday, um, Sunday we finished up... Uh, going to a concert at the O2. Uh, it was called Cantina 2. You know, we also had a bunch of uh, original trilogy signers there, so that was a nice kind of fun outing. Um, you know, we all flew together and returned back to the Novotel to hang out some more in the evening. So, uh, but at this time, I was, I think my energy levels were running low, so uh, I kind of turned in a little earlier that night. But again, a uh, great uh, conclusion to the day of celebration. Which brings us to Monday here. I'm just waiting at the train to go over to the celebration entrance. And um, it's a rainy day, um, but should be a little more relaxed. And um, look forward to the final day and getting a few last errands done. Uh, just, you know, taking it a little easier. Um, and um, you know, have one more day to be in London after today. So hopefully get to do a little sightseeing as well. So... Anyway, Dave, hopefully I wanted to recap a little bit of what I've not been able to record the last few days. So um, enjoy, and we can go into more detail when I get back, when my voice returns a little better. Thanks. And now, more than two weeks after the end of Celebration London, let's check in with some of our friends to hear their thoughts on the convention and their time spent in London. Hello, this is uh, Zia Resvi reflecting on my experience of Star Wars Celebration Europe held in London for David Quinn's podcast, Star Wars Prototypes and Production. So yes, I had a good, I had a good time. Um, it was four days uh, full of meetups, panels, cosplays, and stuff like that. So 
really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I set out to um, really meet three objectives at the beginning of the celebration. Uh, objective one was to volunteer at the collecting truck panels organized by Gas Lopez. Uh, and uh, that was fun. That was uh, great because I mingled with fellow collectors, uh, met some um, great uh, panelists, attended some wonderful talks. Uh, next objective was to help David in his podcast to interview people, but also give us a regular status update. It was actually quite an uh, insightful experience since I, I managed to approach complete strangers and ask them about Star Wars and what it meant uh, to them. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, my final aim was to really meet up with a lot of people I've met, connected over the years, uh, and, and, and you know, see them face to face. And that was something, you know, that I will not forget, uh, that I will cherish for a long time, and something very special. Hi, I'm Jean-Francois Roland. You can call me JF Roland if you want. I'm a Star Wars fan since October 1977, the time where I saw Star Wars for the very first time, and I collect ever since. I took the train from Paris early in the morning to get at the opening at 10 a.m. on Saturday, and it was really amazing to see the amount of people around you coming for the very same thing. We all Star Wars fans, so it was really cool. Actually, it was not that bad to queuing with people who loved exactly the same thing as you do. So traveling from Paris to London was quite easy to me. My favorite moment was definitely Jim Trangian panel when at the end we all sing the birthday to Gus Lopez to try to make even more noise than our neighbors next to the collecting stage. As it was my very first celebration, I was happy to collect a couple of t-shirts or the actual catalog from celebration to keep a souvenir from that time. What was so special for me was to meet people I never met before. I was so happy to meet Gus Lopez, Duncan Jenkins, as they did the foreword of my book, and I really wanted to thank them in reality to check in, actually. And that was actually a good moment for me. And basically, meeting all of the fellow collectors was absolutely amazing and fantastic to me. It's, this is what it all about celebration is having fun with your friends who are collecting or just like the same thing as you do. Coming to England for me is also always something connected with very good souvenir because I was lucky enough when I was a kid, when my dad was traveling quite a lot around Europe and coming to the UK and coming back with Land of the Jawas or action figures who were not available in France at the very same time. So for me, Palitoy, Kenner, mean quite a lot to me because I have it as a child. Even if I grown up in France, the actual Palitoy logo means a lot to me as Kenner as well. So this is what was celebration for me. Meeting friends, having fun with them, enjoying collecting track, and let's see for the next one in Japan. And let's ride shotgun with Carl Reeder as he drives around Singapore and talks about his experience at Celebration. David, I hope you're well. I'm in the car. I hope you can hear me okay. So, Celebration. I'm back in Singapore. Had a fantastic time. Let's start with the lowlights for me first. I think I've mentioned in my previous messages that the crowds were 
so intense. I would have liked to have seen, or in the future I would like to see, uh, Reed Pop address that in a more meaningful way, whether or not that's limiting tickets or increasing ticket prices potentially to reduce the overall numbers. Um, that would be interesting to see. I think one of the key components of that, however they do it, is to ensure that everybody gets access to at least the first panel of the day, so that on, on the celebration stage. I think so much of what people want to do and see hinges around uh, the first uh, event of the day. And it's just really upsetting to see people being um, left out of that, having spent so much money on the on the tickets. So I think that needs some some thought. For those with children, I would really recommend against taking kids. I know that sounds really mean because there's so many kids get so much out of this. Um, but again, it, it was it was largely due to the crowds um, and and the queuing. You know, I've got two kids myself and. I just felt it was a really tough day for children of any age to queue for extended periods of time and to get pushed and shoved in queues all day. Obviously, I'm sure, and it looked to me like lots of kids were having a, a great time, but for those that are considering taking their kids, I would definitely give that some more thought. So those were the two lowlights, if you will, or, or considerations for people uh, looking at doing celebration next year. For me, I think as I'd said in my previous messages, the highlight for me was seeing college friends after more than three years. It was so fantastic. Um, and, and having that set in celebration as an environment was just fantastic. Every day, having breakfast together, planning the day ahead, sharing in the excitement of panels soaking up the atmosphere of celebration was just really really good fun and, and to do that three or four days in a row was was really meaningful and, and, and really good fun I think what it has also shown for me is that I would much I would really like uh, a smaller scale event I know that you and I have spoken about the annual and that's something that sounds really appealing to me. Small-scale event that's much more focused in and around um, collecting. Um, that's not to say that Celebration didn't deliver on that front. Far from it. Collecting track was fantastic. Um, but having meaningful conversations, especially with new people... I found particularly difficult just because it was so busy, so difficult to find people, so difficult to catch those moments. Um, so that's something that, for me personally, I'm looking for moving moving forward. And then lastly, pickups. Uh, I didn't really pick up a huge amount of stuff. Um, as you know, I'm a loose-graded collector, but specifically AFA. And as you can imagine... Um, in the UK, the majority of, of what was on offer was UKG, um, uh, and that the, the AFA that I did see was largely mock, and so I didn't have the opportunity to pick up any 
any new loose figures for the collection. Um, but that said, uh, since arriving back, I've been aggressively tackling the medallion set from the collecting track, uh, which has been great fun. Uh, I'm nearly there. I think I'm one or two away from completing that set. I'm really excited to have that. Uh, and I need to find a home on, on a wall somewhere to, to, to hang that as well. Um, other pickups. Yeah, a handful of items from the official store. That was handled fairly well. So... Um, yeah, that was it. That was enjoyable. I missed out on the Return of the Jedi bomber jacket. I'm trying to think what Americans would call a bomber jacket. A uh, no, that escaped. That escapes me. You can come back to me on that. But there was an awesome Return of the Jedi jacket um, that uh, was like 120 pounds. So I passed up on that. Um, but yeah, um, thanks for the opportunity for for uh, having me uh, wax lyrical on your podcast. Um, as ever, thanks for everything you do for the community and, and, and for all of the great content you're putting out on the podcast. And um, yeah, looking forward to hearing about everybody else's experience. Hi, this is uh, Zia. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, some of the negative aspects of celebration. I think the first thing was the size of the crowd, especially on the Friday and Saturday. Uh, very, very busy. And it's it's not fair because you just can't enjoy the whole show or, or the events and trying to attend the panels and everything. There's so many people. Uh, and I feel I feel sorry for those who just came for one day um, because there was so many things to do, to look at and stuff like that and they didn't get around to do everything they wanted. Um, and I, I feel a bit disappointed that um, that I've, I found out later on that, that there was some unused space in, in the convention centre that the organiser didn't make use of. Uh, and that's not good. Uh, next point was technology connection with uh, Wi-Fi and data, mobile data was, you know, on and off, not stable. And that's not acceptable, really, in this uh, day and age. Uh, you know, especially when, 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 when fans rely on, on, on WhatsApp to, to keep in touch with their, with their loved ones. Uh, and my final point uh, is about uh, the location of the collecting track panel. Uh, next uh, to the uh, celebration live stage uh, where cast and crews were interviewed. I mean, the noise coming up from that stage uh, was, was deafening. Uh, it, you know, it, I think it disrupted a number of the collective track panels talk. And that was really, uh, I don't, I don't know, I, I really, I was really annoyed with that. I, I felt that uh, there was a complete lack of respect from the organizer uh, towards uh, Star Wars fans and, and, and collectors. Uh, but anyway, that's me, I think, enough ranting on me. But I just want to say that um, I feel that it's very symptomatic of us British who can't really handle this kind of uh, event and, and the scale of, 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 the, of the event. Hi, David. It's Jonathan McElwain checking in with my recap of Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. That was my uh, third time attending a celebration in London, and overall I had a really good experience. For whatever reason, um, 
you know, Anaheim was the last U.S. celebration, of course. Um, and for whatever reason, that just wasn't among my favorite celebrations. There was, um, I'm not sure, it was just sort of a, a confluence of different things. But uh, not that I had a bad time. But uh, anyways, this was sort of a nice recovery from that. Uh, you know, good to see the folks who were there. Um, see, you know, a lot of folks who weren't able to make it to Anaheim. Of course, missed those who weren't able to make it out to London this time. You had asked us to talk about a few sort of uh, some favorite moments and, and that sort of thing from the show. So a lot of those happen, uh, you know, in the after show hours, at least for me. Um, so um, on the first evening um, that I got, there, I arrived on Thursday morning, helped with uh, setup of the show uh, during the day. And so there was a dinner organized by Ross Cuddy and, and Charmaine, his wife. And um, so that was a good, n- nice group of people. And, um, you know, I'd seen quite a few people during the day, but uh, not everybody. So it was good to see folks there as, as they were still kind of arriving um, on the night before the show proper opened. So that was fun. Um, another fun meal was um, friends Tom and Michael and, and uh, Jim and Carlene stayed in an Airbnb type uh you know, uh, apartment, uh, near the hotels where the rest of us were staying. So, um, they invited, uh, us up one evening. And so a group of us went up and had uh, pizza at their place and beer. So that was kind of just a chill evening, um, there without sort of necessarily going out to a restaurant and that sort of thing. So that was fun. And, and then we all headed over to the Novotel, um, to hang out in the bar till, uh, the wee hours of the next morning. So, that was a fun time, uh, just sort of something uh, different that I hadn't had happen in, at Celebration before. Um, in the show, I suppose my favorite moment was uh, Duncan Jenkins and I uh, gave a panel about mail-away promotions. And this was my seventh time uh, presenting at the collecting track and um, my fifth time giving one of these with uh, with Duncan. So he and I have collaborated quite a bit over the years with these, starting at uh, that first celebration in Japan was the first time I had given one. And uh, he and I did that one together. It was a, a talk about food collectibles. So um, anyways, we have a good time, sort of a conversational style uh, panel, I guess, that we do. So um, anyways, it's always fun and, and a highlight of these events to uh to, to do one of those with him. So that was a good time for sure. Uh, you had asked what room sales was like. Um, uh, you know, it got chased out of, of its sort of uh, intended location, I suppose. So uh, it had relocated to where it ended up, which was at the Novotel, sort of an up, upstairs space um, or upstairs above the, the lobby. And um, that was the same place it had been in 2016. So kind of hot and crowded and sweaty up there. But I ended up with a space uh, near the elevator lobby for that uh, part. So it was a bit more open there and not quite as hot and sweaty. Got a space where I could kind of lean my back against the wall and have my stuff out on the floor. So I did quite well selling things and um, you know, made some connections and, and sold some things in the following days that didn't sell that night. I didn't find anything to buy, but that's okay. <laughs> the money always sort of ends up back in the hobby some way anyway. So um, 
I didn't pick up anything there, and, and I hadn't prearranged. Oftentimes at these things, that you, you know, you've prearranged for sales or whatever. So I didn't have anything significant that I had prearranged to buy, but was able to connect with uh, and have dinner with uh, uh, German collector Michael Golke, uh, one evening, um, you know, there was a group of us. So um, he was able to help me after the show. Uh, they're still in transit to me, but there was a set of five German mustard glasses, which I had two of, and it had sort of taken kind of years between each one of those. So um, anyways, Michael had the other three that I needed, which uh, so I'm pretty excited to add those to my collection when, when they arrive. So um, that was a, a great thing that came out of Celebration, even though I didn't purchase them at Celebration. It, it wouldn't have happened without Celebration. So that was fun for sure, and we'll make this one a memorable um, you know, so in addition to that, the other sort of, um, I guess, memorable or different standout kind of thing was that this was the first time that uh, any non-U.S. celebration had been more than three days. They had always all the, the European ones and, and the Japan one in, in uh, 2008 had been three days each. With a low-key kind of, you know, the the uh, collecting track was generally like 12 panels instead of 20 or whatever. So I wondered headed into this show kind of, um, you know, what that would be like. Because, um, you know, one of the things that I, I seemed to like was that, you know, just it was uh, le- a little bit less intense, I guess. Um, but, you know, I really enjoyed the four-day show in London. Um, It was great to have a full collecting track, and I think the attendees, at least from the feedback that I heard and so forth, you know, people seem to really enjoy the topics. I know that being in the room for a lot of them, you know, there were some great panels, and I really enjoyed listening to them. I'll definitely watch the ones that I missed uh, once they get posted to YouTube, and there's definitely some of them I will will go back and re-watch as uh, they were great sources of information. So, um, so anyways, that was, uh, those were some standouts. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Celebration Japan. I was lucky enough to go there in 2008 and, um, you know, it was, it was a, a lot of fun and just a really different experience. So, um, I'm definitely planning the last time I went, I, um, didn't go for really anything more than the show. I just came in, went to the show, and and then left. And so that was definitely a, a mistake on my part. So I definitely uh, appreciate this redo, and uh, we'll definitely plan to spend some time in Japan prior to the show. So, um, anyways, um, you know, I know some others are planning to go, and um, you know, uh, I know it's uh, not inexpensive to go there, but, um, you know, it'll, it'll be totally different and, uh, you know, I wouldn't miss it. Uh, so, um, hoping that, uh, others can make it out as well. So that's all I have, David. Um, I've enjoyed listening to others recaps on this. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, uh, looking forward to this, uh, next episode as well. Take care. Hey, David, this is uh, Narayan. Um, So um, I think when I left off on my last recording, I was um, beginning uh, the final day of celebration, which was Monday. 
uh, April the 10th, and uh, we can just start off from there. Um, you know, that day was kind of a, a little more relaxing day than the other previous three days of celebration. It's just kind of tying up loose ends. Um, so most of that day, I think I had you know volunteer shifts both at the collecting track and at the um, American Star Wars Coalition booth, um, and um, you know it was just. Um, just kind of try to take in, you know, my last bits of celebration, you know, see if I could, you know, get a little more look around the exhibit hall, get, take some pictures with some more props, maybe some uh, more pictures with the, uh, you know, great cosplay, um, and, you know, some of the, um, uh, you know, the, um, the fan displays that were all through celebration. Um, so it was, uh, definitely a little more relaxing. Uh, and I was also had to you know pass out my remaining swag that I still had with me. Didn't want to take a ton of stuff back cause I already had, uh, things that I needed to, uh, use the suitcase for. Um, so, um, but very relaxing. And I did still have a couple more days after that final day, but, uh, uh, it's always amazing to me how um, you look forward to celebration for so long and how quickly it just sun of zips by in those four days, um, you know, because you're just, um, it, it's just hard to take a breath um, when you're at celebration. And uh, uh, I did, you know, stop myself a few moments on Monday just to take that breath and take it all in because I knew it was, you know, coming to an end soon. Uh, I did get to see the Bad Batch panel earlier that morning on Friday, which was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, it's great to hear, you know, both um, Michelle Ang as Omega and uh, Dee Bradley Baker as the clones. And he uh, did, a, you know, as he always does in a lot of panels, he switches between voices, you know, for the various characters that he plays. And uh, it was great to see them recap the season, you know, all the great moments um, and uh, of, of Bad Batch Season 2. Um, there was an announcement of Bad Batch Season 3, which would be the final season, and we did get to see short um, reel of things from season three and the only thing that really stood out to me I think you see Palpatine coming um, into Mount Tantis and I um, think you see Captain Wolf and you see Fennec Shand again uh, and there's some kind of big sea monster that the, the Bad Batch are, are facing and you do see Omega still in custody in, in the cloning um, uh, the secret cloning facility on Mount Tantis so uh, it'll be interesting where they go with, with that show, um, but uh, I you know, wrapped up another great panel, which I really enjoyed the panels this time. Something that I really haven't experienced before at prior celebrations is you know, being able to go to those big panels. And um, um, so that, that was um, kind of a newer experience for me at this celebration, but a welcome one. Um, and uh, um, one thing I will observe, um, about this celebration because it was so crowded and so many people I almost found myself looking forward to the panels just to have a place to just sit down and relax and kind of catch my breath um you know because it felt like you know when I was in the exhibit hall um or just walking around it was just really hard to just you know to do that and um you know i felt like when i was in you know a shift with the collecting track just watching a great panel or in you know some one of the big lottery panels or or elsewhere or even in what some of the big events it was just a chance to kind of just 
take a breather and take it all in, um, you know, for a, a while and to, um, you know, catch my breath before I kept running around again. So, um, so yeah, celebration closed a little earlier that day, I think around five o'clock. Um, and it's always, you know, a little sad and bittersweet when celebration comes to an end. Um, but, you know, it was an amazing time and, you know, really, I, I don't feel too bad about things that I missed during celebration. And I know some of those things, other people will capture in photos and videos and, and you know, uh, of course, you know, videos that are broadcast later from the official sites. Because um, uh, to me, celebration has become, again, more about hanging out with people and seeing uh, and meeting new friends. And so it's, uh, I got plenty of that during the celebration, so that I'm very grateful for. Um, you know, wrapping up Monday night, uh, I think Daniel Uthman and I had a, a nice dinner at a nearby restaurant, Chinese restaurant, just outside Excel. And it was, uh, it's in- just interesting to note, you know, how less crowded it felt, um, you know, Friday, sorry, Monday evening as compared to, you know, the night before celebration started just four days earlier. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cold and rainy, but, uh, you know, typical for London, but, uh, uh, we did ran in, run into a few friends that, um, were leaving the Novotel just as we were arriving there. Um, uh, I think Mike Stefano and Kay and Sarah Sato and Chris Hamilton. So it was nice to see them, um, as well. So we did hang out a little bit more at the Novotel just for one last kind of, uh, uh, get together with whoever was still around. And, uh, so it was a nice little wrap up to, um, the, the Monday night. Um, I still had, um, a day and a half more left in London. Um, you know, I did take the opportunity to get some more rest Monday night and slept in a bit on Tuesday. Um, I did have a chance to visit, um, with my friend Jason Smith, uh, in London. He lived not too far away from, from Excel and visited his home, got to see his collection and uh, also got to see his, uh, or sorry, also got to have lunch with him at a local pub, which was a nice, nice little intimate experience, um, you know, post-celebration. I uh, did have some more time in the afternoon that day to do a little bit of sightseeing, not too much, but I uh, decided to go towards Tower Bridge, which wasn't too far away and Tower of London. Did a little walking around, also decided to visit a couple film locations at Canary Wharf uh, for both Andor and for Rogue One, and, um, you know, pretty just one train station, train stop away from the Excel. So that was a lot of fun, kind of seeing those sites and matching up kind of the uh, shots from the movie with the actual locations, and uh, uh, pretty cool experience, um, you know, just to see a little bit more of London there. Um, and of course, um, you know, got all my packing done and the next, uh, the next day, you know, headed to the airport to head back. So, um, but, um, yeah, so that, that was celebration and, um, you know, I was tired, exhausted at the end of it, but again, another amazing experience. Um, but, uh, um, I'm going to record a few more perspectives here in another, um, recording um just sort of my overall thoughts on celebration and also looking forward to japan um and then what what i thought of that announcement all right see you david here's zia again to talk about a staple of star wars celebration right let's talk about swag 
I'm, I'm not a big swag collector, but um, I do give credit uh, when it is due. Um, and some of the swag that I saw at uh, Celebration was really next level. I, I really admire the the, the range and, 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 and diversity of the stuff available and that the collectors and Star Wars fans have created. Uh, the one which uh, springs to mind is um, the uh, mini uh, Palitoy Death Star uh, playset, uh, which uh, I, I'm, I'm so pleased I, I got from, from my friend Martin Woodgate. Uh, and this is just an awesome piece. Uh, so, yes, I just, I just loved it. And here's Thorsten Greth as he reflects on his time in London. Another celebration is now in the books. What a great event it was. 2022 in Anaheim was still marked by COVID restrictions and limitations. That's why many of my friends were not there. This year, however, we were all able to indulge in our favorite hobby together again. I was very happy to get together with my friends. That has always been the most important thing for me at celebrations. On the arrival day, I was welcomed by one of my closest friends, Darren McAleese. We hadn't seen each other for years. What made the celebration so special for me uh, this time um, is the fact that I was, uh, on the one hand, um, a sponsor for the medallions of the collecting track. My character was Darth Vader. Um, and these uh, medallions were handed out after the collecting track lectures and panels. And on the other hand, I was um, a speaker myself at one of my very first own lectures as part of the collecting track. I'm very grateful to Gus Lopez in particular for giving me this opportunity. My topic, by the way, was German Star Wars toys and memorabilia from the 70s and 80s. Maybe you've been there. I was a bit nervous beforehand, but that subsided very quickly. It makes me very proud um, to have done something for the fans together with the Collecting Track community. It's um, yeah, kind of uh, rewarding and I'm very grateful. Of course, I also found something nice for my personal collection. A Pablo on a Trilogo card with a picture of Pickett. This variant was only available in Spain back then and it's extremely rare. Actually, I had not looked for it at all because I had long given up uh, hope of finding such a nice piece. So it was all the nicer that I spotted the figure in the bottom row of a stall. And of course, I didn't hesitate for long. Naturally, the room sales are always the highlight for everyone, you know this, um, because unique and very rare pieces are often offered here by collectors for collectors. I didn't buy anything myself this time, but had a few pieces with me that I offered. And if you sell, all your friends automatically stop at your booth and um, yeah, you can start talking shop very nicely. There's also time for nice photos and uh, maybe a drink or two. And of course, after the room sells, what um, has happened then? A big party in the hotel bar. And in general, in general, each of our evenings ended with a great get-together in, uh, in bars and uh, restaurants and stuff like this. And uh, I think that is uh, how it should be. We spent as much time together as we could. And you never know when you uh, meet up again. In the end, I'm already looking forward to the next celebration. Um, 
I don't know yet if I'll make it to Japan, but I'd definitely be tempted. So stay sharp and uh, may the force be with you. Cheers. And Celebration gave Zia a chance to sell some of the collectibles that no longer fit his collection. In terms of uh, hobby, it was very much about uh, selling uh, this time around. I'm, I managed to sell a few pieces it, in the convention center. I sold uh, some vintage items at room sales. Uh, personally handed over a couple of mid-on cards to uh, buyers at the venue. Uh, handed over uh, some items for grading at AFA and also one item to uh, Vectis uh, for one of the future auctions. So not much about, uh, not much spending, hardly any spending actually. Um, there was nothing uh, really interesting for me there. Um, besides, I'm, I'm still recovering from paying a couple of big ticket items uh, that I had bought prior to celebration. So I'm very, very pleased that I managed to uh, control my urge to spend money. Hello, everyone. It's uh, Jason Smith here, Mr. Paltoy, and I'm here to tell you about uh, one of my experiences at the last celebration, um, organising the room sales, um, which uh, was quite an experience, as it turned out. So, um, you know, I've been to a lot of the celebrations uh, overseas, and there's been room sales, and... They've always been very good, and it, in, in, in America, the, the hotels are kind of like really big, and they've got big open spaces, so it's quite easy to find spaces to do room sales. The last couple have been shut down, um, so, you know, basically if the room sales start too early, they can get shut down before they get going. Um, in London, the previous one had been at the Novotel, uh, which I thought worked quite well, but people thought it was quite cramped, and it was very hot and sweaty, and I, the kind of overall feeling I got from the collecting community was that they didn't want to have it in the Novotel. So um, Chris Agulius, who organises the room sales, an American collector, obviously, um, asked me to help out and find a new venue for it, or a venue for it. So um, since um, the last room sales in 2016 um, at the Novotel, where we had it, um, the Crown Plaza, um, just up the road, had opened up, and a lot of the Americans who were coming over were staying there anyway. So I kind of thought, if there's a suitable space in the Crown Plaza, and certainly when I looked online at their virtual tour, they seemed to have lots of big kind of rooms and stuff. I just thought, if we're all staying in the hotel anyway, and everyone's buying drinks at the bar, they probably won't mind that we're just swapping a few toys and stuff. So that's the theory. Um... So probably about a couple of weeks before celebration started, I, I went and did a recce, went to the bar, bought a drink, went looking for the bathroom. So as you get into the Crown Plaza, there's um, stairs on the right of the entrance and you go up and there's a big kind of massive kind of area with lots of seating and lots of tables where you, you, you kind of it's kind of designed for kind of like, you know, kind of business kind of stuff where you would kind of sit down and have little chats and conferences and stuff. And it was it was empty. And I just thought, they're not going to close that off. That that looks ideal. That will be great for the room sales. So, um, so I kind of checked out with um, Chris and told him all about it. And we kind of said, yeah, we can do that. And if that all goes wrong and we get stopped, we can just 
go back to the Novotel because we've done it there before and uh, it seemed to be okay. So that that was the plan. Um, so of course, um, you know, everyone knew that I was kind of like involved in organising this thing. So there's just constant stream of people going. I need to know where the room sales are going to be. You've got to tell me where the room sales are going to be so I can organise what I'm doing and all this kind of stuff. And the trouble is, if you get, if you release when and where the room sales are going to be too early, people will turn up hours beforehand and they get shut down before they get started. And it certainly happened at the previous year at Anaheim, I think the one before that as well. So... I was there, there, this very strict policy of not telling anyone where it was. Even when people were going, are you going to have it in the Crown Plaza? And I was just like, I can't comment, can't see where it's going to be. So anyway, so we announced it. It was like, normally it's on the second day of celebration. But since this celebration started on a Friday rather than a Thursday, and a lot of people thought the room sales were on a Friday anyway... And given the fact that there was a lot of um, other events on the Saturday, it was just like, let's just have it on the Friday and, you know, it'll be the, it'll be the easiest way to kind of schedule with other events going on. And most people think that's when it is anyway. So, so we left it all the way till about, I think it was about 8pm before I kind of announced where it was going to be. And I think some people had already worked out. So people started turning up around 8pm. Um, obviously, I, you know, I, I told everyone, you know, go down to the bar, buy a drink, make sure you've got drinks. So, you know, we're, we're not just in the hotel using the facilities. So everyone started turning up. We all started setting up. I think we said the, the start time was nine. But people started setting up, you know, from about when, when I posted. So probably people started setting up about quarter past eight. Um, and then, you know, we'd got maybe about 10 people in setting up and, you know, people were starting to show up. And um, then this very stern-looking lady with a name badge um, um, came walking towards me, with, and, and she looked very, very cross. Um, I thought, oh, dear, I'm, I, I might be in trouble here. So she kind of came over and said, what do you think you're doing? You're having an event in our hotel, and you've not asked permission for this. And I just kind of cheekily went, well, we're, we're not really having an event. We're just, you know, we've bought a few drinks in the bar. We're sitting down, and we're just, like, swapping our doubles. And she went... You're not swapping doubles. I can see price tags on those ones. And I was just like, ah, I think I've been rumbled here. So I just then cheekily went, can we have permission then? And at that point, she got very cross indeed um, and um, asked asked me to leave uh, the, the hotel uh, as soon as possible. Um, I think the thing was, because it was um, Easter weekend, the previous night they'd shut the bar at like half 11 and they'd said they wanted to shut the bar on Good Friday at half ten. In practice, they actually closed it down at about half past nine. Um, so anyway, so we were thrown out of um, out of the, the Crown Plaza. And um, so then um, going up the road towards the Novotel, we, um, we tried the Ibis. There's a kind of nice area downstairs in the Ibis, but it's all round the reception... And there were loads of people there already, and it's just like, that's just not going to work. So then, then we went on to the Novotel, and you go, you know, you go up to the first floor, there's a big massive bar area, and then there's a kind of balcony overlooking that area where we had it back in 2016. So we all piled in there, the bar stayed open, I mean, we asked, asked the bar when they were going to close, and they said, oh, I don't know, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll have a look at one o'clock, if there's still lots of people around, we might keep going. So the bar stayed open really late. 
We had the room sales there. I don't think it was too hot or sweaty particularly. And we all had a great time. And the funny thing was the, the security guard who was kind of asked us to clear up when we were in the Novotel in 2016, it was the same guy. It was just so funny. And by the end of the night, me and him were best mates and we were kind of fist bumping and it was really good. And then the room sales, there was like the normal kind of range of stuff. The funniest thing was there was a there was an old guy who was kind of like in a chair. Obviously, he was asleep. He looked dead, actually. But I mean, he kind of he was there for the whole room sales and just didn't move. It was quite funny. I, I was going to try and sell him as an ex-Kenner employee, but uh, nobody wanted him. So there you go. Anyway, the room sales um, shut down again, but we, we recovered. We ran home to Mama and had a great time in the Novotel. And that's my story about celebration. Hi, my name is Mark Kuyn. So, for me, it was the first time visiting a Star Wars celebration. So this year was in London. I didn't know what to expect really, but overall, it was a great experience for me. The main reason that I went, that I had a meetup with Andrew Northam, a fellow admin of our vintage diecast collectors group. And I had a great time chatting and walking around with him and his family. So Andy... Shout out to you. I really enjoyed that. The dislikes. Well, the crowds, of course. Especially on Friday, it was very busy. Another thing I want to mention is the the security. There was literally no batch control. And also, the bags weren't checked. So, it felt a bit insecure. I think they have to do that better next time. Another thing that I didn't like was the the whole lottery thing with the panels. I didn't get into any of the main panels, but others got into all of them. So I find that very unfair in my opinion, and they should really do something about that. Because, yeah, you pay a lot of money for a ticket, and then you can't get into any of the main panels. So, yeah, I didn't like that. I did get into some of the other panels, like the, the Blue Harvest panel, and I found that very entertaining with the, the, the behind the scenes and stuff like that. So that was a personal highlight for me. Furthermore, I, I enjoyed some of the collectors' panels, uh, yeah, meeting fellow collectors, but yeah, placing that next to the, 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 the celebration live stage was a big mistake because yeah, because of the sounds. Um, they should do also that better another time. Well, furthermore, the likes. Well, if you like cosplay, you have to go to Star Wars Celebration. The cosplay was really, really amazing. And yeah, I was blown away with how people dress up and stuff like that. And the whole atmosphere and meeting other people was... yeah. Yeah, the, the main highlight for me. And I spent some time at the live stage, which, which was also very entertaining, seeing the actors up close and stuff like that. So that was another thing I enjo- enjoyed. And of course, all the different merchandise and goodies that were displayed in the different halls. Um, there was not so much vintage goodies, but yeah, 
I did manage to pick up um, a vintage Yoda mock from Return of the Jedi, which is a series I collect. So that was the, the only thing I bought vintage. And I also bought the the postcards with the batch art of this year. I think the the batches the batches this year looked really really amazing. So I bought the the whole collection of postcards of that um, batches, and I want to display that uh, on a wall in my house. So in short, I really had a, a fantastic time, and I definitely. Yeah, can recommend anyone who hasn't ever visited the Star Wars celebration. Please do. It's really, really amazing. Cheers. Hi, this is Jesse Cedar Soberman with a reflection on Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023. I went to the celebration primarily because of swag and sponsorship projects that I was involved in which included the American Star Wars Collectors Club Coalition Admiral Akbar proof card puzzle patch set and booth and the collecting track uh, medallion set, which I sponsored the Anakin Skywalker medallion and the Wilro Hood ice cream patch set which I sponsored the four Lom mocha I was sort of on the fence for a long time about whether or not I was going to celebration and um, Narayan uh, Nike had indicated that in order to be part of the Wilro Hood ice cream patch set you had to be in order to be a distributing sponsor you had to be at celebration, so I sort of got off the fence and decided to go to Europe. And originally, uh, my inspiration to go was because some of my friends from the last celebration had been planning to go, including my friend Troy Stevens, who does a lot of the graphics, or I should say, most or all the graphics for the um, the projects that. I've done for Hawaii Star Wars Collectors Club, including our logo and our patch and sticker. Um, and so I got to see Troy there, and I got to see a bunch of friends, which was really great. And I think there was a big, obviously, um, contingent of collectors from European countries, including Sweden, Germany, uh, Spain, and France, Sorry if I missed anybody, but um, it was really great to see all the European collectors. Um, but again, really, for me, the experience, uh, you know, I, I think everybody knows that celebration is all about hanging out with your friends and the after parties and stuff like that. But for me, the primary experience of celebration itself was the giving away of the patches Um and and also just like seeing the popularity of the medallions and the ice cream patches and the, the Akbar um, patch kit was really fun um, because of the amount of fun that we were helping other people have um, by creating these sort of you know collectible 
games for them to play. Um, you know, come back every hour and get a piece of the American Star Wars Collectors Club Coalition patch and, you know, put that together and, you know, you'll have the whole set. Or, you know, find all the ice cream patch sponsors and you'll have, uh, you'll get, if you get all the patches, you get a Dengar patch. And so I had on an ice cream hat and, you know, people would find me and I would give them the Forlom Mocha patch and just seeing how much fun they were having and how happy it made them um, really drove the point home for me that that was what I was there to do was to share my, my love of Star Wars and the joy that it's given me in a productive and creative way by sharing, by giving these projects away, by giving these patches away. You know, I know that um, there's been a lot of discussion about trading patches and selling patches and things like that. And for me, you know, we were very effective uh, and about at giving away all of our patches. Uh, and I never expected anything in return. And I think a lot of our uh, sponsors in the ice cream patches um, would would just give them away, um, and of course, you know, sometimes people trade something back, which is great and appreciated, but it wasn't expected. And you know, with the American Star Wars Collectors Club Coalition, uh, the patches were equally available to everybody if they showed up on time. And with the medallions, of course, if you attended a whole um, panel, then you would get. A medallion, so it was equally available to everyone who was able to get into the panels. And you know, really, the final point that I wanted to make about these swag sets was that the American Star Wars Collectors Club Coalition and the um, Collectors Panel are officially licensed Lucasfilm collectibles, which you know were licensed by Lucasfilm for us to give away. And that was really a dream come true to be involved in a project where we made official like Lucasfilm collectibles. And not only that, the fact that they are very popular and have even a high value on the, on the, you know, interwebs. So anyway, um, that's my reflection on Star Wars Celebration London Europe 2023. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more that happened involving friends and family, um, but I really wanted to focus on that um, experience that I had with my, you know, making my dream come true about being involved with Lucasfilm and um, being encouraged to just give away these items and and help people have fun at Star Wars Celebration. So. Thank you, David Quinn, for putting this together, and, um, and I hope everybody out there has a wonderful weekend, and may the Force be with you. Hi, David. It's Matt Fox. I wanted to share with you my thoughts on Celebration. Uh, just to put it in perspective, this is now about two weeks after the show, and while I'd hope to provide some updates from the floor to give it some immediacy, anyone who's been to any Celebration knows how time just sort of flows, takes you up like a current, and you lose the ability really in many ways to uh, navigate your schedule as as effectively as you might hope. But I think giving the two weeks of 
time that has passed, I'll be able to sort of view it as more a totality uh, rather than a, you know, episodic day by day situation. Celebration Europe was my first London celebration. I've been to all of the American celebrations except for the first. And I also attended Celebration Europe 2013, which was the one that took place in in Essen, in Germany. Uh, that was sort of the basis that I was sort of thinking how this one would be. Um, a foreign European celebration, I thought would that was the model that in my head I was using as a basis, and I could not have been more wrong. If you took this show and told me I was in Anaheim or Orlando or even the show in Chicago a few years back, I would have believed you. Reed Pop has really got the formula down, for better or worse. Uh, Star Wars Celebration is now it's a product. Uh, there's a formula. And they're going to shove each show into that formula. It's obviously successful for them. They sell out that there was no lack of people in London earlier this month. Uh, but if you were sort of hoping for a unique event, uh, something a little different than what we've been getting in the States, uh, you might have been a little disappointed. You know, apart from the uh, public address system being a woman with a British accent, it really was much like any other celebration, just in a different venue. Um, and that's, it's got its advantages. I keep going to these things. They're fun. Um, but you have a loud main stage. You have a number of vendors. Uh, you know, you're going to have these big panels. The main panels are going to be um, star-studded. Uh, the first panel will probably have some trailer and major announcements attached to it. Uh, the final one, you'll find out when the next celebration is. Uh, it, it, it's really sort of becoming routine. Uh, but I don't go to celebration for that. In fact, if you want to keep up on the news, being at celebration is probably the worst place you can be. Uh, I spent a couple of days once I got back catching up on the news that I had missed, watching the trailers that I had only seen you know, on a big screen hanging above the floor with bad sound. I was able to watch those when I got home. Uh, that's my celebration experience, really finding out stuff uh, after the news gets back to everyone else and then gets posted onto social media. So, yeah, it's a surprising different viewpoint on the whole sort of thing. But I go to celebration to hang out with friends. I go... Um, you know, for the for the experience, for the camaraderie, for, you know, like I said, seeing friends that I only see at celebrations. You know, there are people I interact with all the time online, uh, but I'll only see every other year or whenever they have a celebration. And that's that's what drives me there. And this was no different. Uh, yes, the number of American friends there, significantly smaller than at a U.S. celebration for obvious reasons. Uh, the D.C. Club, which I'm a part of, um, we normally send 10, 12 people to a celebration. Uh, there were only three of us here. Um, you know, that's, again, that's fine. I don't go to celebration to see the friends that I see all the time in D.C., but it was the same for all the other people from around the States. So that was a little disappointing, but nonetheless, you've still got that core group there. Uh, you hang out around the collecting track, you run into them in the autograph hall or in the hotel lobby. Lots of people, lots of talks in the hotel lobby, that's for sure. 
Uh, and even this time, there was not one like central hotel. People were spread out all around the area. But good show all around. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've got some some issues with the way that Reed Pop markets Star Wars Celebration. I can get into those in another time if you know anybody ever wants to talk to me about it. Um, it's not really if if I were just a random person looking at a Star Wars Celebration ad online, I'd say, oh, this is not for me. But I know there's a lot more to it than what Reed Pop tries to sell, and it is about camaraderie and getting together and the stuff is as much of the stuff that happens after celebration ends at the end of the day as during the day. Uh, and that's why we all go, I think, or a lot of the listeners to this podcast, that's what they understand celebration to be. Highlights of the show this time are really sort of the same highlights that I have at every celebration. I loved the autograph hall. I love meeting the celebrities. This was nice because we had a sort of a new tranche of celebrities, uh, either that are new to the property or they're European-based and maybe they don't travel to the U.S. Uh, quite so often. So uh, that's nice. And you get to meet them and interact with them. And that's that's always fun. The collecting track, always a highlight. I spent a lot of time there. I'm fortunate enough to have been a volunteer going back several celebrations now. So that's in many ways sort of a home base. This celebration was no different. Uh, the panels were great, European-focused, so it's you know, new topics that I'm not real familiar with. Of course, the unfortunate location of the collecting track, I'm sure some of your other guests have talked about that, so I will um, not repeat uh, their observations, but I will merely echo them and say whatever they said is absolutely true. Of course, room sales are always a popular thing, especially for people who listen to this program. I'm sure they've heard about some of the highlights that were there. But again, it was sort of a European focus. A lot of the people who were able to bring things to sell at room sales uh, were local, were European. So, one, it was a relief to me because I'm not really a European Star Wars collector. So uh, my pocketbook was able to attend room sales without you know, any concerns. And also, I got to see a lot of interesting stuff that I didn't know about or had never seen in person. And that's, you know, always fun. And it's fun to just, you know, listen in on the conversations between people who know a lot more about this stuff than I do and learn. Uh, celebration in many ways is about learning. If you go, I mean, whatever it is that you're interested in, in this world of Star Wars, you're going to learn more about it at celebration, uh, either on the floor or afterwards. And room sales in many ways is, is that sort of thing for me. It's, it's, Things that I've heard about or didn't even know existed, and I'll, yeah, I know something about them. So room sales always great. Also, a room sale tradition: the room was uncomfortably hot. That's not uncommon for celebrate for a room sales at a celebration. And also, we had trouble finding a spot as we kept getting run out of one venue or another. So again, celebration tradition. But on a personal level, I think my highlight for celebration was the fact that I was able to attend it with my son. Uh, he's 14 now. Uh, all the previous celebrations he's been wanting to go to as long as I can remember, uh, but always uncomfortable taking him. I usually travel to celebration just by myself and with friends. So bringing a little kid would be difficult from an administrative point of view, especially when I'm spending so much time volunteering at the collecting track or at the DC club booth or what have you. Uh, and then late nights at room sales or hanging out with friends or at dinners or whatever. And it would be 
hard to, you know, bring a kid around. And I think unfair to him, uh, cause I wouldn't really be able to help him enjoy the whole show. Uh, but this time this was a family trip. Uh, we all went to London and for three of the four days he came to celebration. Uh, the fourth day he just wanted to come back. It wasn't even a, it was not planned. Uh, so he really enjoyed it and I got to enjoy it with him and watch him experience it. You know, firsthand watching him meet some of the celebrities that he knows from his era of Star Wars, the Clone Wars and all that, and meeting those guys uh, and how much he enjoyed that. And also realizing at the end uh, when they announced the next celebration is Japan, uh, which, you know, maybe we'll go to as we haven't decided. But if we did, it would be as a family again. And the realization then that the next U.S. celebration is probably going to be 2027. That's the conventional wisdom. By that time, he'll be in college, and the last thing on earth he's going to want to do is go to a Star Wars convention with his dad. Uh, so this was this was probably it from a father-son celebration experience sort of thing. And so that's why I'll always remember this one, even if it is indistinguishable in many ways from all the other celebrations. Uh, for me going forward, this will be the one that I attended with my kid. And that alone make it one of the better, if not the best, celebration experience I've had. And even if a lot of that experience was standing in line to meet you and McGregor, uh, nonetheless, that's what he wanted to do. So I was happy to do it with him. So that was really my personal Star Wars celebration highlight. Uh, but again, it's it's a good show. Uh, if you didn't get to go and wanted to, I'm sorry, uh, you missed you miss something that's fun. Like all celebrations, it's fun. At the end of the day, you're glad you went. You're exhausted. You're tired. You come home with some sort of con crud illness, and I sure did. You can hear it in my voice probably as I'm still trying to kick it. Uh, but, you know, that's the price of admission, so to speak. So uh, for those who were at Celebration and I got to meet for the first time, it was a pleasure. Uh, for my friends who I only see at Celebrations, Always a pleasure to see you guys. And for those of you who weren't able to make it, well, you were there in spirit. Uh, it really did feel like a lot of my friends who I knew were not there, you know, were still sharing thanks to, you know, the immediacy of, of social media. If it has a good thing, uh, a good aspect of social media, that might be it. Uh, so uh, thanks uh, for giving me the opportunity to share these memories. I've gone on uh, longer than I've wanted to, and I'm sure longer than you wanted me to. Uh, so I'll, I'll hand your show back to you, David. Uh, but again, thanks. Uh, thanks for giving me this chance. And I look forward to, uh, to hearing everyone else's recollections as well. Hey, David, this is Robert Ortiz. I know that you had a set, um, number of questions you had sent to the group about our experiences in London and all for celebration. Um, but I kind of wanted to do something a little different. Um, this is by far probably one of the best celebrations I've had my entire life, and I've been to quite a few of them, um, just from a human perspective. In the past, I just kind of went panel to panel or <clears throat> signature to signature for autograph sessions, things like that. And this time around, you know, I really enjoyed some things that I really can't, um, I guess, set up um, per se or, or schedule. <clears throat> uh, just kind of give you an example. When I got to London initially, I was keeping tabs with Dan Uthman from uh, from Portland, and luckily we were able to connect um, at Heathrow, and 
wound up taking a a um, Uber together to the uh, dock area where our hotel was uh, situated. And initially, we were going to take the train, <clears throat> but with so many bags that we all had together combined, it just made more sense to go in an Uber. And it actually took about 90 minutes to actually get to our hotel. But I found it to be, you know, an amazing 90 minutes because it was just an opportunity for myself and my wife and Dan to sit together and chit-chat and talk about things we typically wouldn't talk about maybe, you know, in a setting like our Saturday Zoom call or, or a phone call or just in general. Uh, and we got to really get to know each other and, and, and get excited about things for the future, like maybe doing another toy show together like Xenia or, or, or Cincinnati or, or Columbus or something to that effect. So it was really awesome to be able to have that time uh, to spend with each other uh, before obviously starting the show. The next day, um, got lucky and got to have uh, breakfast with, uh, or it was maybe the day after, uh, with Narayan um, at our hotel. Because Narayan and I were staying at the same hotel that was connected to the XL, and that was a treat, you know, having breakfast, chit-chatting, uh, just talking about stuff outside of Star Wars. And, of course, it was, it was good just to, to catch up with friends and, and, and you know, have a nice conversation over a, over breakfast. So, uh, and then, of course, he, he invited me to help him come into the hall to help set up and all. And so we went and did that, and, and that was a lot of fun as well. So, uh, again, you know, just obviously connecting with a fellow collector and having a moment that you don't always get to, to have, you know, per se, out, outside of the convention. Um, and then later that week, you know, there was an event, um, I'm sure... You might be aware of um, at the O2, um, where I believe Ash was the headliner. Uh, it's a band there locally, and met up with <clears throat> with uh, Trevor and some other folks that were there, and we actually wound up having a really good time and meeting, um, you know, folks like Ken Colley or uh, and um, I believe his name is Michael Culver, um, Julian Glover at these events, um, getting their autographs on some old photos <clears throat> that I actually had from Celebration 2 in Orlando. So that was really cool. Uh, and then afterwards, we just kind of hung out, uh, you know, the VIP area where the DJ was and just had a great time uh, doing that and, and had a burger that evening, actually, in the, in the O2 Center, uh, myself and I, or myself and Shannon uh, with Trevor, and that was a lot of fun. So again, you know, having that quality time with, with friends of the hobby that, that you typically don't get on a normal daily basis since we all live in, you know, such faraway places, you know, from each other. Um, and then just seeing other folks in there, like, um, I think the first one, the first people I ran into that I helped to help them get into the convention center was, was Jesse, Jesse Cedar Silberman, uh, who came in. Um, he was staying in the countryside uh, with... Um, family and he came in and I got him his pass so he could get into the convention center so uh, it was awesome to connect with him I uh, got to see Chris Porteous who was there working in the collecting track area and uh, got to see him for a few moments um, 
obviously he was busy, so I couldn't really spend a ton of time with him. But we, we got to spend some time a few weeks later, actually, uh, at King County. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and that's probably a different story for a different time. But I just wanted to mention that I had a good time uh, at least seeing him for the moment there, you know, for what it was. And, and, and obviously gave us a, uh, an opportunity to chit-chat before we actually got to hang out for a few days later on. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my... Uh, two cents on how celebration went um, like always celebration was overwhelming it was a lot to take in you know over this over the time we were there um, one of the cool things that I got to do during the, the kind of the pre uh, so, uh, celebration convention time was uh, Dan and I and my wife went on on the tube to various places um, in London that that were affiliated with Star Wars, whether it was Andor, um, Rogue One, things like that. We went to the Barbican, uh, which is a living complex, like an actual place where people live. Um, there's also a museum attached to it. Um, there's also, you know, a place where the uh, like an art center where the, the orchestra played there in the past and all. And it's amazing. And anyway, they've filmed scenes there in the past, uh, and we had the opportunity to take a tour together to do that. Um, and then as we ran through the city to do other places like go to the Lloyd's building where other scenes were, were filmed, uh, we actually ran into um, a priest who was doing a podcast um, in London and we were running around with him and uh, I think his name was uh, something like Father Vanderhugen uh, and it was amazing like just catching up with other people who enjoy it so much as we do and and of course share the same, you know, passion about, you know, seeing these sites uh, where these things were filmed. So we had a great time uh, doing that. And uh, probably, I would, I mean, honestly say probably one of the highlights of the trip was, was running around town like that, looking for these spots. Um, but again, you know, not to take away from the event itself, the event was great. It was awesome. Uh, it was, like I said, overwhelming. There was so much to see, so much to do within the convention itself. Um, but a lot of the things that I have taken a heart memory-wise um, is literally, you know, spending time with various folks in the hobby and uh, in the group that uh, I would have, I guess, never had an opportunity to, to do so maybe outside of this. Um, but also folks that I remember going back to Celebration, two, three, four, all those other ones before, you know, I kind of did those solo. I didn't really know a lot of the collectors in the group I, I just kind of did my own thing and, and enjoyed the time I had and I've always kind of told them stories about oh yeah you know I got to hang out with you know this person or this person for a few minutes at their table and their autograph was five bucks and this and that uh, but now it's kind of a cool perspective now that coming full like full forward all these years and having <clears throat> a lot of these people's autographs already or a lot of other, other things collectibles and things like that like now the things I'm trying to take in or, or, co or collect uh, per se are, are these memories that, that I know that I'll take uh, with me so it's it's just been great to, to talk to you about it and, and share this with you and and I hope you know you guys um, to run into some of you at future events or other events uh, so I can continue this kind of this journey for myself so thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this David bye bye Hi, this is uh, Zia. 
Yeah, so uh, to sum up, um, David, this was a this was a fantastic experience. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it, every single moment. Uh, and uh, I would urge anybody who hasn't been to a celebration to you know make a point to attend once in in their lifetime. Um, so I know it's not easy. Uh, often these these uh, conventions are held in in some remote locations. But if there's any chance that you can go. Uh, to these uh, celebration, if it's in your country, then or near near you, then yeah, do do your best to attend. And finally, David, I just want to say thank you very much for what you do uh, on on the podcast, bringing people together, uh, bringing a sense of community uh, to to all, for all the collectors. Uh, and I think in, it's it's excellent job what you're doing. Uh, and I just want to say the force will be with you always. Hey David, it's uh, Narayan from Georgia again. Um, just want to kind of do a follow-up retrospective on celebration. Um, maybe come cover some of the things um, I expected, um, and you know maybe some of the things that I didn't expect. Um, uh, kind of some of the challenges I think I faced, uh, and also kind of my um, you know highlights of personal highlights of celebration for me and my thoughts on the announcement of Japan for the next celebration in 2025. Um, so um, let's begin with, I think, expectations. Um, this was my first overseas celebration, um, so probably went into it with a lot fewer expectations than um, I would for a domestic celebration. Um, it was harder to kind of know exactly what we were dealing with, um, you know, when so many of the announcements about the hall and the schedule and the locations of various um, things in the hall were were really announced quite late, uh, made it very difficult to plan a lot of things. Um, so, uh, and of course, um, you know, I'd never seen the Excel Center before. I didn't know exactly how that layout would be. Um, I did choose the hotel right next to the Excel, but unfortunately, um, they announced, um, you know, a month or two before a celebration that the entrance that my hotel was near was going to be closed off and everything would have to be routed through the west entrance, which was disappointing, um, but um, not totally unexpected. Um, but, um, again, kind of didn't know exactly how the exhibit hall flow would be, um, you know, and, uh, as compared to any of the U.S. celebrations, I'd never been there. And of course, also just navigating London and the, the tube and the underground, um, you know, to and from celebration sounded like we were supposed to, we were going to be using the rail line you know, the Docklands Light Railway a lot uh, to access the main entrance. So that was, those are all things that I wasn't quite sure about. Um, so the reality when I got there, um, so as compared to my expectations, so a few things I noticed. Um, the hall um, seemed smaller than typical U.S. celebration conventions. Um, the layout was a little different with two halls on either side of a, you know, a middle boulevard. Um, which um, probably in in retrospect was not the best configuration given how packed 
most of the exhibits hall were during the day, and then when they kind of empty out into the middle hallway, which is already um, crowded as it is, um, it was really um, a difficult kind of situation to, you know, escape the crowds very easily during this celebration. Um, and so that was very challenging, um, I think, um, you know, given the layout of the, the exhibit halls here, um, everything seemed like it had a line. <laughs> um, water fountains, um, the fast food stalls in the hallway. Uh, it was very difficult to shop um, during show hours. So, um, you know, luckily I had, you know, an exhibitor pass to let me in a little earlier, and that allowed me to at least get some things done before, you know, the main show started. Um, but if, if not for that, it would be, you know, a lot more challenging. Um, a few things with the layout of, of the, um, you know, different parts of Celebration. One thing that I, um, I thought was not the best planning in terms of the organizers was putting the collecting track stage right next to the live stage, which, um, really was quite distracting uh, for a lot of the presenters at the collecting track to deal with the noise um, and, uh, you know, all the kind of, uh, you know, hooping and hollering that came from, you know, the the, uh, the live stage just next door and uh, really could have, you know, placed the, the collecting stage, you know, some distance away so that that wouldn't be a constant distraction during the collecting track panels. Um, other things that were challenging, not having kind of a collecting social room, um, as we did, as we do in a lot of U.S. celebrations, um, difficult for a couple things. One, uh, I always found the collecting social room is kind of a, uh, an escape from the kind of craziness of the exhibit hall and uh, to not have that here, um, you know, made it again, a uh, more difficult to interact with people, um, you know, in, in a, on a smaller scale, um, made more difficult to exchange things like swag, um, or to even just talk with people. Um, it's, um, um, you know, and I just found that in general, there was not a lot of places in celebration that you could just kind of find a place to just for a group of people to just meet up. Um, so that, that again was a big challenge, I thought, throughout celebration. Um, um, there was a lot of unutilized space in, in Excel that I think they could have made better use of. Um, you know, but, you know, I think, um, I think it's hard to gauge. Um, they, they, I think they probably sold, too many tickets. The crowds were probably too large for the amount of space, and um, you know when when it's when it's that crowded, it's not quite as enjoyable as it could be. But um, I did find a lot of um, uh, chances to rest and relax, and kind of just catch my breath, uh, as I said before, in, in the panels and, you know, when I was uh, in, the, in the collecting track stage um, to, you know, just decompress from, you know, that, uh, that level of activity that's normally out in the exhibit hall at Celebration. Um, 
best moments of celebration for me, um, definitely the two runs, uh, the inaugural prisoner, Narkina 5 prisoner run that happened Friday afternoon. Um, you know, a lot of fun um, and, um, you know, to be part of, you know, kind of a first type event in celebration is always uh, a unique experience. And, you know, I thought this one was, you know, a great one to be a part of, especially, you know, along with Ross and his, you know, Death Star sprocket part that he brought along. And, uh, you know, we had a chance to uh, accompany each other throughout the run there. Um, the Wilra Hood run, also a lot of fun on Saturday. Um, uh, and again, it's, um, these are kind of two groups that, um, you know, it, it was a little out of the box for me because usually I'm hanging out with more collector friends. Um, and this has given me a chance to kind of know a, a different sort of, uh, group of people in celebration, kind of some of the costuming groups and, and just, um, other fans that you get to meet. And I think that's one of the best parts about celebration is meeting new people, um, making new friendships. Um, and you know, this was a great celebration to meet a lot of people that I had known online from that lived in Europe, maybe had not made it to a U.S. celebration. So, um, you know, I could go down a laundry list of names, but there's just so many. And, um, uh, it was just amazing to see these people, um, you know, face to face and uh, interact with them, um, for the first time. Um, also, after hours, I always find is an amazing part of celebration. Again, because it's quieter, it's more intimate. It's not dealing with you know the hustle and bustle uh, and the activity of celebration during the day, um, and a chance where you really get to talk and get to know people very well. Um, you know, this um, this celebration it seemed like there's no there was no big central hotels like they are in a lot of u.s celebrations there's a lot of smaller ones uh but the novatel bar seemed like it was the one that a lot of con a lot of us congregated at after hours um in the evenings um a couple drawbacks to some of the after hour things uh, uh since it was easter weekend it was a lot of the bars and restaurants had very limited hours so a lot of them were closed, and so that was a challenge to kind of get evening dinner some nights. Um, you know, some of the bars actually did close fairly early. Um, so it was a lot different kind of energy and feel than a lot of U.S. celebrations where you see a ton of people in the lobbies of the big hotels, um, you know, having drinks, uh, maybe exchanging swag or just talking, you know, till, you know, long hours into the night. Um you know, but I think we we made the best of of the of, of the situation, the most of us. So it was a uh, it was great to hang out after hours in in celebration. And again, uh, one of the things I find is the very best part. Um, you know, other things. Um, you know, just being in a new place um, in a new celebration, the new experience to it. Um, you know, seeing London and the Excel Center. Um, it's great to kind of have that experience and to have that, um, you know, knowledge for next time as to, you know, what you did right, what, what could have gone better, you know, what you would do differently for next time. Um, but all in all, I, it was a great celebration experience over there in London at the Excel Center. Um, and, um, I had a 
you know, ton of fun and um, some thoughts about Celebration Japan being announced. Um, you know, my initial response was like, oh, this is a really, that's a really tough ask. Uh, it's two, two hours, sorry, two years away, but a three-day celebration halfway across the world, you know, necessitates a, a certain level of planning. Um, and, you know, if you go into Japan, that's really, you know, makes it a little more difficult to kind of find the time off, especially if it's, you know, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. If you really want to attend all of celebration, you really have to take parts of two different weeks off from work, which has its own challenges. But again, it is two years away, so I'm going to let it just sink in for now and see, you know, not, it's not a definite no, um, but it's certainly not a definite yes at this point either. Um, I certainly haven't been to Japan before. You know, this would be a, certainly a good opportunity to go. Um, but I think if I, if I do go, I would like to set some time around celebration to really have some time to explore um, Tokyo and the surrounding area uh, and really take in, you know, that experience. I'd been to London before, so I didn't feel as much of a need to do, you know, the whole London sightseeing as part of this trip. But um, if I were, you know, traveling to Japan for the first time, I certainly would feel a need to do that. Um, but, you know, more, you know, more to consider in, you know, the coming um, months to years here. So um, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but uh, I am a little disappointed there won't be a U.S. celebration in 2025. I was really looking forward to something being announced maybe in Orlando or California. Um, but uh, I guess we'll have to just wait a little longer, um, you know, and... Um, you know, I'm sure it'll happen uh, eventually soon. All right, uh, David, those are my thoughts. Um, and I uh, hope everyone uh, came back safely and healthy from celebration. I had a little bit of a head cold coming back, uh, but it's mostly resolved now. So, um, um, you know, now just sort of getting back into the flow of, you know, daily work routine. So, all right, David, thanks again. Take care. So that is a look at Star Wars Celebration London through the reflections of our fellow friends and collectors. I'd like to say a huge and heartfelt thank you to Matthew Fox, Thorsten Greth, Mark Cohen, Jonathan McElwain, Narayan Nike, Robert Ortiz, Carl Reeder, Zia Resvi, Jean-Francois Roland, and Jason Smith. And while Celebration Japan is slated for 2025, collectors have many opportunities to gather together in the meantime to celebrate all things Star Wars and collecting. And I hope to continue to share the experiences of many of the events between celebrations. And I hope our friends will join us with their unique and insightful takes as we explore the galaxy together on Star Wars, prototypes, and production.